The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Would it shock you if someone on this season of Mass was a cannibal? And if not, who would it be? I think it's the guy with the, the X on the outside. It is. He's still in love with. He's, he's got hardcore cannibal energy. Totally him. Kia ora koutou. Welcome to The Real Pod. We are recapping. <laughs> I've lost my words. It's going to be a great pod. We are recapping Married at First Sight Australia, season 10, week two. My name's Jane Yee. I'm joined by Duncan Grieve. I'm also joined by Alex Cahey. Casey. Hello. Cahoot. Alex who? Cahey. Alex Cahoot. I need to preface this by saying we just recorded an entire other podcast and I think my words are done. I think we, because you took a huge emotional dump in that last podcast. Yeah, I took quite a, not as big as Alex's emotional dump to be fair. (laughs) That's true. I'm really stressed remote recording, guys. I'm like running this voice memos app like you would not believe. (laughs) I feel like we were going to end up needing like a separate engineer in Christchurch (laughs) and and Alex's study. Just Just massaging my shoulders. (laughs) Uh, if you want to talk about Married at First Sight or any other reality TV or anything else in general, go to our show notes. You'll find links to the Real Pod Corner on Facebook. Oh, not and also, anything else in general. Oh, there must be limits. Hmm, we've yet to reach them. Uh, also, links to our Discord. This has been a hell of a week. We're straight in. We're straight into the drama. We're not even through all the weddings yet, and we're straight into the drama. So I think we'll just start with the two couples that got married. This week? Oh, fuck. Yes, oh we should. God. I can't believe we had weddings at the start of this week. <laughs> I, I just feel so emotionally drained. Really? And I realise it's like it's all from just maths. Like yeah. I, don't, I don't do anything else. <laughs> There's nothing else in my life draining me apart from this damn show. I think we should just dive straight in. I think, Alex, are you ready? Can you just hold on to your emotions there and just Yeah, uh, I'm ready. Let through? me just check again that I'm recording. Okay. <laughs> Don't be so hysterical and emotional all the time, would you please? Sorry, it's so good to have someone so rational in the room. <laughs> okay, Melinda and Leighton, these are the two people with Porsches. Um, they're both, White Porsches. They're both successful business people with their successful businesses that are something to do with things. and uh, Medicinal animal weed. Oh, yeah. Oh, pet weed. He sells dog weed. Oh, my God. <laughs> he should do a they, podcast with, uh, with Adam. It was just very funny because it's like, you know, the way that he presents and it's like, oh, he's in the bio-nutritionics kind of industry. And then he just sort of <laughs> says out the side of his mouth that it's like pet weed. And I'm like, hmm. 
you like getting high. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> With your pets. Yeah. That's all good. But <laughs> Who That's how he discovered it, right? He was like hotboxing his car and he had his Jack Russell in the back and noticed that Jack Russell suddenly just chilled. <laughs> it was just like suddenly like a greyhound and he's like, there might be something in this. <laughs> Do you think he was high he was high when he saw that money tree as a kid? <laughs> it's just like the money tree. The so money much tree control so for funny. such a banal <laughs> And so much conversation about a money tree like that's a thing. I know. <laughs> and so much weeping over the money tree. The only money tree thing I am aware of is my parents telling me money doesn't grow on trees. Um and also I think there's like a money plant or something, but it's not. It's not an actually growing money thing. Now we're repeating the money well, yeah. tree crime by talking more about this stupid thing. <laughs> okay, I mean, the, the, basically with these two, um, Melinda wasn't sure. He, she thought he wasn't self-made and then that, that sort of threw lots well, she, of red flags for her. Well, she was just looking for anything. She's like decided that she's because she's a nine and a half on a bad day mm. and he's potentially like only an eight and a half, they must, they, she must basically be like, is there any way of getting him drowned, accidentally drowned during our wedding? Is that is that okay? That is the vibe. She's like, how dare he be nice to everybody? How dare he charm my mum? What's he, he trying? Something. What's he? Well, yeah. It's almost like he wants to get to know me. I know. I what's know. he playing at? And really everyone, everyone's fallen for it, except for me. Um, then he does the money tree bit in his speech and she realises that she may have judged him too soon. I don't think anything he said in his speech changed the money tree narrative because technically No, he just still explained what from... the money tree was. <laughs> but, so... but he didn't really. He explained what it was physically. But I have no fucking clue what that what mum was trying to get at with this, like, you plant a dollar and it becomes a tree full of... Like, is that about hard work and effort? Because... I worry that it is all mainly about just keep putting dollar coins in the soil and, you know, like I don't get it. I still I don't get it. I think that perhaps when we're he, back on the money tree again. Yeah. When he referred to the money tree when he was talking to Melinda, I think she thought that there was a metaphor for my, my parents just wealth. gave me money. The, you know, oh, I got my money from the money tree. No. Um, what his parents gave him was weed. What they actually did <laughs> was actually give him money. They actually did give him money. Yeah. He put a dollar in the ground and they rewarded him with heaps more money taped to a tree. It, mm. is, it, is it supposed to be like the miracle of like Ponzi scheme level interest? I don't understand what – uh, sorry, we've got to move on. Let's ban the money the tree. Money, oh, the money was glued to the tree, so it's maybe taped. the money's still there. We just don't know. Oh. Is this like a, a real pod, like investigative podcast? <laughs> I swore to God tree. that the, the couples where nothing much happened, we were going to spend like 30 seconds to a minute on, and we've already just like money treat ourselves right out of that. Uh, at the dinner true. party, Melissa suggested to Melinda to get intimate with Leighton, but in her own time, which flies in the face of um, Melissa being shocked that Melinda wouldn't sleep with her husband on the first night. But, you know, different folks, different strokes. Uh, <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so, Melinda, so, actually, I was... You know, she wasn't the most sympathetic character up until the dinner party. Yeah. Um, or should we save that interaction for Bronte and Harrison? But she really stepped up she and did. called some people out. And I was like, oh, there's there's maybe more to her than than we thought in the first uh, in the first instance. I mean, everything about them is rede- redemption arc, right? Yeah, like, I but, think so. The, the couple, the couple's coming good, and she was just outstanding in that dinner party. Yeah. And 
They seem to be just like slow, potentially a slow burn, you know, and they'll, but they could get there in the end. They have a lot in common, uh, including both having a fear of a commitment, of commitment, which seems fine. Um, Lyndall and Cam, no, hang on, who no, else got married? No. Melissa and Josh. No. Melissa, and Melissa and Josh. We're doing a whole podcast on this. It's fine. Oh my gosh, these two. Lovely wedding. Lovely wedding. Both very happy. Um, I don't know. She... When did it start getting disgusting? Oh, it started getting Instantly. disgusting like at a hen's party. <laughs> but um, but in terms of their impressions of each other and everything during the wedding was like they they both were very, very happy. Um, and then... She definitely got her Thor. She got her Thor. In Toy Story pyjamas, as <laughs> Thor typically... <laughs> Look, obviously, well, Thor is technically a Disney property. I know that's what buzzes me out. <laughs> he should have been thrilled by it all. Totally. Um, it's really interesting because I'm not sure. I just don't know how to process this myself. Um, Melissa is almost aggressively sexual at, at points. You know, she's she's reaching mm. out and touching and all that kind of stuff, um, which I feel a little uncomfortable about. But I also love that she's openly like proud of her horniness <laughs> but also her you know she knows what she wants and she wants to in five years time still have a healthy sex life with her husband and I don't think that's anything to be ashamed of but I think there are these two things can simultaneously be true right like one it's really really cool to see a woman of her age in particular but anyone just being like yeah this is my sexuality it's super important to me I'm going to own it and maybe it is the edit but she does not I think Josh is kind of right that she doesn't seem to have anything mm, else mm. That, that's on the agenda. The fact that she doesn't know what his really basic job is, like eight days in, oh. is so, so heartbreaking and intense. And the the sort of the, the aggressive horniness at the expense of just like there being any other in, interest within the, the relationship. And she even basically says as much. Like I think both those things can be true, you know? Mm. I mean, I think it's so weird how. The sticking point for me is like, he's clearly being intimate with her. Like mm. there's no problems there. He's just communicates it differently and has different levels of comfort in terms of disclosure and has been raised a certain way. Maybe a little bit of a volume difference. like, like Frequency. Yeah, there might be a frequency yeah. search. Yeah. But also they just met, you know, like I just, I don't know. I think it's really tense. <laughs> I I think that... Um... I, I'm actually erring on the side of Melissa in this because I suspect that she's gotten a pretty rough edit. Um, we don't know whether or not Josh knows what she does for a job either. But I think when he went to the cameras and said, no, we didn't have sex, I think to her that felt like he was embarrassed. Yep. And he didn't want to admit it. And that was kind mm. of, I think that was the breaking point. You know, she'd been pleasantly surprised that he was, um, as she would say, a freak in the sheets. And she'd really enjoyed their intimacy. And then, you know, she was really happy to say it on camera. And then he denied it. And obviously producers told her that. And I think that was for her that was like. Yeah, that, um, that, that definitely got to her. In terms of the rough edit, like I'm sure that's true. Like, But the wealth of material. Like there yeah. are just so many different occasions where she is talking about Thor and his hammer. And, and you know, like there's just, it's just, you almost never see the same. Um, expression of a, an identical sentiment because she's just <laughs> given them nothing but I'm sure so that they are times. asking her a lot of leading questions about sex and I also think that she probably hasn't communicated super well to Josh 
that not only was this a problem in her last marriage, but it's it's because of that she's extremely sensitive to it and she's concerned. It's it's come on a bit too, I don't know, yeah, a bit too sort of aggressively. Here's what I want and you must give it to me. Yeah. Rather than, hey, this was a really big problem and I just really don't want that to happen again. I think she does say that, but it's it's mixed in, in a really heightened moment where they're starting to like be a bit of a slanging match. And, mm. poor, and I just honestly think the producer's, all the experts, whoever made the decision, really just stitched these two up by putting them together. Because something yeah. is so important to her and is not, you know, like with someone who's quite conservative and private around intimacy. And in fact, said, um, <laughs> what did he say? He had this great line about, um, I'm not, she's making me out to be a um, a super conservative guy, but I'm not. When I'm in private, I will behave in a manner that is appropriate for husband and wife. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's great. You know, like, I, know. I feel like I feel a little bit uncomfortable about Melissa on this show. I think I know this is kind of a hacky thing to say, but if you reverse those genders, it would be completely outrageous. Totally, and I know just, that it's important that women like own their sexuality, but to the point where you're pushing it as this like central thing on another person who you've just met. I find it really uncomfortable. And I think it's interesting how the edit seems to have like, initially it was played as a super like funny thing for laughs. And we've seen as it's kind of the weeks kind of transpired, it's become this like very awkward thing. And I kind of respected uh, Josh in that moment for, he's clearly someone who struggles with conflict and communication for pulling out that line of being like, what do I do for yeah, work? Totally. You know, like yeah. bringing out, like zooming out for a second. And you could see that that instantly made her realize, oh, I've actually been like laser focused on this one yeah. thing to the detriment of everything else. Totally. I'm also not entirely convinced about having healthy sex life and a five-year plan. I don't know. I feel like it was, that probably wasn't in everyone's uh, little pull to draw from. No, but when you're like wasn't. property, kids, <laughs> like isn't like sex in a relationship just like, so that's having the, a laugh. But that's the you Josh know, like, school of thought, and this is what they need to have a conversation on, and I think the experts will get to this because mm. I think that it definitely won't be necessarily a priority for everyone, but because she's come out of a loveless, sexless marriage, one thing she's not willing to compromise on is going back to there, and intimacy is very important to her. I think framing it like I, it's not so much I want to have lots of be still having lots of sex in five years. It's I want to still have a healthy relationship in five years with my husband in the bedroom. I mean, I basically mm. think that this, this, the, the experts have made themselves this like crazy Rubik's cube here. I also think they've got a really potentially yeah. like there's a world where this relationship actually resolves and because healthy sex life is just could not be more in the eye of the beholder. Right. Like, yep, like totally. what, what is, you know, would be sexless in one context would be perfectly healthy to, to another couple and that's just a conversation that you probably would really struggle to have. Like it'd be difficult in a lot of like long-term relationships, let alone, let alone someone you just met. So I think the experts can potentially help walk them through that and and so on. Like, and I I don't think it's crazy to have like that in a a five-year plan, particularly for someone like Melissa, who is it's just clearly, clearly something which is just you know it's been a big part of her. Uh, life and and so on and you know so i like but but i i totally take your point alex there is this like sense that you know that they that she that there's it's just quite overwhelming and it yes is. some of that can mm. be the edit but there's there's just even if it's everything is on 
camera and there was all sorts of other nice stuff. It's just, it's a fuck of a lot. Yeah, it is. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with what you're saying. Um, I still maintain that, that they were st- like, I, I still can totally see a really interesting coupling of two extremely horny people <clears throat> who then have to get past <laughs> just that and learn more about each other. And I guess we had that a little bit with Ella and Mitch last year. True. Um, mm. And that be kind of maybe just less brutal for the actual people involved because yep. you, we knew we knew what was going to happen with these two and it's playing out. And we just didn't expect to get so much like Disney pajamas hey, in yeah, there, which yeah, is yeah. so good. That's the thing. Can we at least acknowledge <laughs> unbelievable TV? Like what a Incredible. Gift. During a cyclone, things know, have yeah. been a bit of a rough, ropey old summer. To be able to watch this, unbelievably cruel as it might be, very nice, very good time. I mean, I feel like I I might get the ick from Disney pajamas. Yeah, like to that level, especially Especially tops and bottoms. Tops and bottoms do not come into my house at night. But on your wedding, Mr. Potato Head, I know you do. But on your wedding night. Um, True. I, I feel like we have to give Melissa some credit for, for this, just for that not even being a thing. That was so good. He'd be holding up like my Pocahontas <laughs> or my yeah. Lion King. Yeah. Or my full Lion King outfit, including hair. She, and she would be into that. She'd be like, yeah, let's let's get that onesie and, off and, you. Yeah, and he's like, what's your favorite Toy Story character? Woody. <laughs> Woody. So Do you get it? And he's like, no, no so I really intense. don't. Fuck, that was what? What champagne <laughs> television, what fucking vintage Dom was that? My God. It was the first impressions that really sent them over the edge when he saw um, her sort of talking about him and his hammer and um, and all that kind of thing. And he's he just doesn't want to be a sex, ob- sex object, a disposable sex toy, in fact. That's what he does not want to be. I think, I think, r- it's, I think he's right to say that. I Well, I also think Duncan's right that, that I think this is salvageable. Mm. I think this is more salvageable than Bronte and Harrison. Yeah, <laughs> nothing's less salvageable than that. That's like freaking Wish and Sheehan level, like disposable <laughs> one-use nightmare. Looking forward to talking about it. Sure, yeah, I think it just comes down to their communication as well because there was one thing I wrote down when they were in like the heat of that big last fight and she was like, I just don't see anything wrong with having an active sex life with my husband, but neither does he. You know, like that's the thing. There's no problem here <laughs> this is where i think the experts will hopefully help them get on the same page yeah she's just super sensitive from her past experience he is obviously a very deeply kind of like emotionally and intelligent intelligently connected guy where he wants to just like have a, a mate outside of the sheets as well mm. um and if they can find a nice little common ground there and understanding They'll be golden. How brutal. I mean, Alessandra, Alessandra is just cracking. Oh, yes. ready to go. Alessandra <laughs> will be so great with this. Um, just one more quick thing. Like the when when he said he was going to bed and she said, I might reach out and give you a tap yeah. or something. Did that vibe like just one quick fuck? No. Because it like did a little bit no, to me. Yeah. And I she felt like that's I what might, he was saying. I, she, I actually found this to be her tapping, like saying, by the way, I don't, you know, I don't want to go to bed without saying good night. So when I come to bed, I'd probably tap you on the shoulder I might and say good night. that. I'm just saying. <laughs> she, uh, he said tap you on the shoulder or something. Oh no, did she just say I might tap you and say good night? It was tap you. Okay. I, I just seemed like he was. Scared. But did you notice he took off his ring? Yeah. And put it in the drawer. Oh, yeah. my, my, yeah. my. And it was, and all the while wearing heart <laughs> jersey cotton. <laughs> 
Happy Tooth <laughs> with Mickey Mouse. Pajama team, very cute. Tani and Ollie, nothing to say here. They just, uh, they, they're very happy. Happy boning. They nailed the photo challenge. It's oh, yeah. So, we're 10 seasons in. I don't know how many seasons of that have had the photo challenge, but. Put your partner first. <laughs> so or two and a three quarters if you're, if you're Harris. But I also liked how they, instead of just going for the linear on the wall, sort of did a tiered sort of um, pyramid system. So yeah. it was yeah. sort of like not as brutal. And you obviously put your partner at the top. You're yeah. obviously yeah. And even, Perfect. And even <laughs> if you are going just like, you don't have to just base it on physical attractiveness. You don't. No. There's nothing in there that says that. So you can say, um, you know, I'm going to put this person first because they just seem like a good hang. Or, you know, like you don't, and, like you're not, not above your partner ever. But, you know, even when you're going through and ordering everybody else, you can give reasons that aren't necessarily like, Oh, he's he's super hot, and I always go for someone who's got blonde hair. So that's why I'm putting this one near the top. Just be like, he's got a nice smile and seems like a nice guy. So I put him near the top. But you obviously are number one with a bullet. One last thing on Tani and Ollie, they read the One Direction book in bed, which was quite cute. They're just massively cute. I was worried about them initially. I was I thought I had just got a little bit of a vibe from Ollie that he he was a bit too kind of good looking in high school and it might have stunted his emotional growth. And then I saw one of his best men and he just had this real fucked up haircut. And I was like, oh no, is this going to be a nightmare? But no, they're just real lovely and it's cute. Okay. Who else do we need to talk about? Lyndall and Cam, um, again, they they just lovely, having a lovely time. Watch back their first impression. The task was to watch back the videos of each other on their wedding day of which they were just like just talking to each other up and completely glowing. So they're married yep, forever lovely. now. Yep. So sweet, sweet. And Lyndall's such a nice lady. She was so good with Claire when they got into the dinner party, like helping her go over yes. to Jesse for the umpteenth time. For fucking, we'll talk about those two. Oh my God. Oh. Nightmare on We're earth. We're basically three couples we need to talk about, and then some others we can just say, well done, you're lovely. Yeah, well done, you're lovely. <laughs> um, okay, good so- mix. Like, I don't find anyone boring yet. Like, no. I, I'm, I'm never mad when you cut to them because even the lovely ones aren't like. There's somehow just like a little something. What about there? your your namesake? So lovely, so handsome. Okay, <laughs> Duncan's response to that that confession, um, I was like, that's a bit much, Duncan. You need to chill. Like, I'm glad that he's he's recovered it, but you know, given her background, I thought being the the sort of third party in an affair <laughs> with a married man was like not the norm. Pati- was yeah. It's, it's that's the, what you do. It's, it's the norm. <laughs> Mom, that's what you do at your potluck lunch. Yeah, so like, <laughs> come on, like, like it's, it's it's a polyamorous society, uh, and um, <laughs> yeah, and and Duncan also his T-shirt said that he was a member of some weightlifting thing from like 1985. He's only 36 years old, so I don't even know how that can even be true. So, a couple of red flags for me with Duncan. That was such a weirdly designed T-shirt. Did you think? Like very the writing strange. was very small and very sparse, <laughs> yeah. and it didn't seem like a cool T-shirt. Like it genuinely seemed like a T-shirt from 1985. Which, yeah, to your point, does not make sense. <laughs> <laughs> none of it. None of it. I think anyway, they're 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 fine. They seem to be able to solve problems. Blah blah blah. I do like that there's someone called Duncan on the show. Okay. Okay. I said it. I admit it. <laughs> and that he's like, like Omega Hot Babe and all that. I mean, that helps. That's fine. We, 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 all the space. He just looks the same. Yeah. Hashtag not all Duncans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It's so mean. No, it's accurate. Um, okay. Caitlin and Shannon. This was one that we didn't, I didn't expect to go gangies, and it did. Mm. <laughs> Except oh, yes. for, I mean, when I think back to the wedding and he said that she had a great rig. 
Oh my god, Sh- that was quite a replay. Shannon has given me the worst ick the whole way from go to now. Whoa, um, when Shannon got those photos and just took to it like so fast, and then said something like, "He put out all the sort of blonde babes," and was like, you know, I normally try and approach chick like chicks like this. Usually, they say no; they get an off vibe from me. <laughs> But then I just say no. You found out why but, they but, said but, no. The way that he rang them was just like, "Hey, unfortunately, this is just science, and you know, like, <laughs> what you know, you can't fuck with the scientific method. It's literally illegal." It just, <laughs> and she's so cute, and it's like, "Fuck, dude." What about this? This one here would impress your mates. Oh, so oh that's my why god! I, that's why, um, like, not using their names as well, and just being like, "Oh yeah, this one would be good to show off to the guys," and then. You know, and also choosing Melinda, who is like on paper the same description as Caitlin, yeah. but you know, just being like, here's a better version, basically. Yeah, is yeah. so brutal. Um, oh, and he's got that like store brand Cillian Murphy kind of like that, those, those very scary eyes. Like, I'm so, I know that I've already been mean about him, but it's lucky he lives in a different country, so it's fine. But he he just gives me a lot of murderer, and it's something scary just a bit to me. off. Something yeah. just a bit off. Yeah. Um, he puts Caitlin second behind Melinda, and then goes, ah, nah, moves it down to third. No, but it's not third. It's two and three quarters. It's it's. I just, think it's. Th- I think he was putting her between. He just couldn't be bothered moving the pieces. No, he's it's just so doing bad. science. And again, uh, he's got this thing. This thing that all like heaps of maths grooms have, where they're like, it's just honesty. You wanted me to yeah. be honest, and honest he said. About he said Said, I'm getting the honesties out. <laughs> it's like a, like I mean, I'm going to use that now. That's quite good. Um, he said, and then he said to her as he moved her down, "Oh, I've gotten to know you," and the emotions kick in. So, does that mean that because he's gotten to know her, he's moving her down because he doesn't like her personality as well? Like oh, this guy makes God. no sense. And, and he's he like, said, I, I eat with my eyes. Like, like, Cannibal. I've got Cannibal. Gr- gross, bro. <laughs> Good point. And he said to her, um, or about someone else, oh, her natural beauty shines more than yours. He said that about Claire. I mean, the guy has just done a what not to do in every way, the worst way in this challenge. Just well, also just going on the show with like extreme unresolved ex issues that he has no intention of blocking out. <laughs> He's in love with his ex still. He's on the phone to her. They've got a child together. Um, did you notice her phone case had self-love isn't selfish, it's important written on it? <laughs> they, they, they have stitched her up in a real brutal way as well. Like that, you know, because she the, the that when she's talking to the producer oh. and just talking about how this happens to her over and over and she almost seems like she's on the verge of breaking down. You're just like... And then at the end of the interview, and they say, "So where does this leave you to her?" And she says, "Can I cry now? Is that okay?" Like the poor thing had been holding it together the whole interview. She doesn't obviously know where it leaves her. She has a proper, like, proper not for TV cry, like a proper cry. And then um, she says, "Yeah, it's, it's not new for her to be in this position." Remember oh. at the beginning, she was like, the, "Her dating radar is non-existent," so that's why she was putting her trust in the experts to deliver her someone like, who's in a toxic relationship with the mother of his child and still in love with. And just so much gel. It's a nightmare. Like, it's more gel than hair at this point. Like, do you think <laughs> are the experts going to be like watching this back, going, "Oh, we didn't know about 
we didn't know about the ex-wife <laughs> and the child. What's gone? What's oh weird? We forgot to ask about that. The ex-wife seems quite angry that in he's on the show. In our tens and thousands of hours of interviews, we forgot to ask about the like current relationship. It's he's still uh, in. Yeah, you're just checking you're single because that seems to be a problem <laughs> for like a non-trivial number of grooms, plural, on this season. I just wish that like people like. Caitlin and Bronte could have like a big red panic button in their apartment that they could hit at a point and the groom falls through a trap door and then they get a beautiful bombshell walks in. Like, yes. you know, they obviously, in Love Island, they've clearly got like hordes of bombshells waiting in the wings for each person, whoever needs kind of a partner to stir up the storyline. I just wish some of these women could have a proper well, go. I kind of think that that's not crazy for future maths to have like a sort of a limited number of like a two week switch, some kind of a thing. <laughs> if if it's the experts are judged, it's called the dinner party. I mean, I guess that's true. <laughs> we just but maybe they can be more explicit about there is a there is a remix week or something. I don't know. I mean, then it is Love Island, I guess. But far out. They've just those those three women have been absolutely just done over it by just this feels goddamn like it's show. Always the women as well. It's it's mm. very rare that you get. Woman who uh, is, I don't know, is toxic and uh, just like overtly horrendous as these men. It's almost uh, like it's a reflection of society. It's sort of it's mm. like that, isn't it? <laughs> um, he admits that he's on the fence, um, but he, he, if he, with his ex, in case him and Caitlin didn't work out, which is sounding familiar. That's so sweet. Um, she needs to see <laughs> Shannon put in some boundaries. So they're sticking around. I think the other thing to remember as well, though, because we, we look at them like, why, you know, especially someone like Bronte, why, just go home, like save yourself the trouble. Same with Claire, just mm. get out of here. But there's part of them that have been all geared up psychologically for this experience and being part of the television show and wanting to go to the dinner parties and the fear of failure of their couple being the one that fails early on, all of that stuff. Well, also like you, you know, it's not full Love Island. You're like a millionaire just by being on the show, but certainly like you become a proper monster celebrity, mm. not just in Australia, but like around the world. I love that little montage they did at the start of this, this season. Um, and it is kind of worth putting up with some shit to like, make it like through a month to the point where you're like an ex-maths contestant and not just like a curiosity. Yeah, and they haven't even got in front of the experts yet, you know, like that's also something that can totally flip yeah. these dynamics and these relationships. To that point, is this like real early to have a dinner party? And, and really late to have, an, uh, have a stay or go and to have confessions yeah. week with all of its attendant <laughs> chaos before you've even talked to an expert about the insane person you've been married to. I swear we don't normally get to the dinner party this early when you're still kind of like, wait, who is that? Who is that? We you know, still, like... we, we normally have the dinner party as the as the thing right before the commitment ceremony. Mm. Mm. It's normally True. Right, That's the last episode. Sorry. And and the honeymoons seem to take longer normally. Like I think there's like a week of honeymoon. I don't know. A wonderful show. Wonderful show. I don't. Care wonderful show. Care. Um, are there any other couples? Yeah. These are the couples. Let's go through some nice ones, just bang, 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 and then okay. you get to the horror. Adam and what's her name? Sorry. Janelle? Janelle. Adam and Janelle. Um, oh, I feel like Adam is kind of getting away with Moida here because of the other bad guys on the show. Adam is getting away with Moida. He is. He is, he is like clearly 
doing bad things. He's like, no, I think it's actually more trusting to just not, (laughs) to just not look. Yeah, if you want to look at my, oh, no, I threw it off the balcony. Oh, (laughs) damn it, hell. I'm going to pick up this card. I think we should just rip up the challenge card entirely (laughs) and burn it so no one even knows that we were supposed to do that thing. It wasn't Hmm, that weird. Someone's done the factory, uh, restore factory (laughs) settings on my phone. (laughs) That's curious. (laughs) And, yeah, I might have just been missing for three hours with Claire, but I was just consoling her. It's absolutely fine. What is with that fucking crazy satanic panic metal freak? (laughs) Definitely don't pay attention to me. I've definitely got a job, by the way. Definitely those prizes are flying online. (laughs) Adam did the groundwork in this argument because – he was made such a big deal about Jesse behaving so badly by like wanting to see his phone mm-hmm. um, that then kind of putting Janelle in a position where if she said, oh, look, I actually really do want to do this challenge and I do want to see your phone. He's basically saying to her, if you do that, you're just like Jesse. You know, if you demand to see my phone, then you're tainted with the same ick that Jesse is and I won't like you. So, Adam's a dog. He's a dog. It's going to be great. Masterclass of manipulation. And Janelle's just like, good idea. And you're like, what? (laughs) How is that a good idea? No, he's not earned the trust yet. Hey, but it's good. It's good to have these things like, like, you don't want to have them all exploding at once. You want to you want to have two exp- controlled explosions a week. That's true. You're right. True. Well, he's just we in the pocket. Handle. Okay, so we've also got Sandy and Dan who are having a lovely time. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah, um, very um very mature uh communicative couple. She did the confession letter and shared about, you know, her kind of traumatic experience of bullying in childhood and how that's kind of stayed with her and he said, "How can I support you in that?" Oh. Just mwah! He handled that Beautiful. so well. All their goals are in alignment. Both their photos at number one are at number one. Either they're gonna be married for the rest of their days or something bad's gonna happen. <laughs> Who knows with this show? Who? Who first? I'm sorry, this Harrison and Bronte. Uh, Harrison and Bronte. Very posh names for you know, like a real ropey old idiot. It's actually Bronte though, isn't it? It's Bronte. She pronounces it Bronte. Yeah, Australia. You know, yeah, yeah. Pronounce everything. Crazy. She's got very, very thick Australian accent. I love it. Um, so when they get to the dinner party, Bronte tells Lyndall about the goto, which is the girl on the outside, um, and John Aiken <laughs> is just head in hands, going, "Ah, oh, not already." <laughs> not already. What, what is he? He's like, oh, I should have asked how many women you were seeing the day before you started. <laughs> um, and then Harrison brings up the girl on the outside saying uh, she was actually just trying to sabotage his wedding, yeah. obviously. Um, oh, my God. But also he had a crush on, crush on this youngster for a long time. So it was only, it was only fair that, that he bloody, you know... The way he's managed to spin this to being the victim oh, of this situation. But he does it every time. But he also hasn't spun it. He just like says this completely <laughs> indefensible shit with a and somehow holds a straight face. And poor old like gas lit to a crisp um Bronte has to sort of deal with this. Oh God, you're getting all emotional again. While you're hiding in the toilet from this terrifying oh, man. Oh God. She, and how he's managed to weaponize the thing about she's asked for space, clearly while she tries yeah. to figure out what the hell is going on with this man. And now he's like, 
well, you said you wanted space. You know, I've given you space. What about me? What about my needs? Where? How are you trying? And it's just like, I know, dude, it's clear. You have a girl on the outside. <laughs> no, I, he's got like a harem on the outside. Like <laughs> he, he, he was. He made that very clear when we when he was asked the question. I was seeing multiple women like the week before I started, but that was the old me. You know, it's old me. I'm different now. <laughs> that was last Thursday. I think I bought like- you a cake. I bought you a long <laughs> cake. It looked like a boob. It reminded me of you. It looks like a single boob. <laughs> they do do yummy cakes in Australia, though. I'll give them that. Bronte yeah. has chosen her own adventure a bit here because she's disowned a friend. And I think to the group, it's given credence to some of. Harrison's story about it being like she was trying to sabotage our wedding. By then, by then Bronte then going, I'm not friends with that girl anymore. Yeah, she was just trying to like fuck things up. Quite crazy mm. to like because she this one this woman obviously thought she was eligible to be a bridesmaid. Like so, she's quite close. She's single digits if you're ranking your friendships in the same way you do pictures of your new spouse as part of your normal kind of routine sort of friendship stuff. And for her to go. This fucking acknowledged monster. I'm going to just rely on him and just toss this top ten ranked friend to the four winds. This, but I mean, that's quite full on from Bronte. I think she, in a way, she has to though if she wants to be on the show. Like in her mind, she's got to believe the spin. Like because if she doesn't believe it, and then she's forced to reckon with the information that she's been given as truth, then she's fucked. So in mm. her mind, she can go, I can buy into this, like, pick a path adventure of actually my friend was f- trying to fuck up my wedding because she was jealous she wasn't a bridesmaid and therefore I can give him the benefit of the doubt, which he's, you know, he's really taking the opportunity to prove himself here. Um, What's good, though, is even if she does manage to convince herself of that, the dinner party is where other people get to see the situation. Totally. And then you get the Alyssa's. Alyssa, who, like, stopped the whole party by bashing the side of a glass to ask Bronte if she was okay, which was quite full on. Like, <laughs> It wasn't also the person that I expected that to come from. Totally. No. It seemed out no. of nowhere. But Melinda's not buying Harrison's story at all. She really bails him up. I was actually concerned when, we, when, when Melinda first started picking holes in uh, Leighton that she was going to switch a road to Harrison because yeah. he sort of profiled a little like compatible, at least in terms of they both consider themselves nine and a half on a bad day kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then so to see her just surgically slicing and dicing was was delicious. It was so incredible good. when she said, I have advice for Bronte and it's run fast. Oh. I was just like, shit, that's a good grab. Yeah, <laughs> and like she doesn't even know this guy. This is from one dinner yeah you know and yeah. she's nailed it Paul Bronte has said all she, all he does is make her cry it's all she's done and he has not comforted her one time it's just the basics yeah, but what what's she what's she done for him well so just gotten hysterical mostly that's right they move in together we get the boob cake um she bails him up about not checking on her and that's when you get this whole space situation he says oh, well I didn't see you crying and then, of course, turns out around and says, well, what have you done to look after me? Oh. He leaves his room with one set of bags and returns with another. What's going on there? Oh, I don't I didn't know if you noticed notice. that. Watch didn't. that. Some wow. weird continuity shit going on. So many gaping singlets to try on. <laughs> that's, just, that's right. That's right. He's trying to get his arms big enough to fill those holes. <laughs> She's giving him the space to do that. He chills me. His face, when, it's just, when he's just kind of like composed and you can see him just – 
chipping away at her sanity, genuinely being like, I didn't see you cry. Why are you going over there? That's not productive. That's not rational. What about me? He's so clever the way he does it. And I hate to say this about him being clever because I don't want to give him any credit in any way, but he's remaining vocally calm the whole time, which makes Mm. it so much worse and calculated. Like it's not heat of the moment stuff. He's like, I'm not giving any, I'm not going to give her an inch to say that I'm the one who's raising my voice. I'm going to make mm. her get emotional and get upset. And I can say the whole time, I was just talking. I was just trying to communicate with you. But um, I, it's is, so is, insidious the way he does it. But I don't feel like anyone, like any grown-up is buying that as a sort of, you know, an, an excuse or something that 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 kind of really impacts the realities of the situation. No, I certainly don't think the experts are going to... No, I don't think they will, but I think for her, it is what makes... You know, it's another thing to make her feel even more totally. riled up is when someone is mm. saying, you're being hysterical, listen to me, I'm being calm and collected. He even said he wants feel- he wants the experts to hold Bronte accountable yes. for her behaviour. And it's just like, they better dismantle this man. If they mm. don't, it's going to be a real problem. For yeah. this show, she deserves an award for being able to wear cargo pants for a start. I don't know if you noticed that, but God, the woman. Oh my God, wearing... they're back! I read about it on oh, what are you talking about? You've I've, got I've... to style them. They've got to be high waisted. You've got to wear a little top. Oh, she looks Robin's great. been wearing cargo pants for six months. I, I thought I talked about them on the pod. And she also I deserves to to an multiple award. malls to get cargo pants. <laughs> Anyone Except, those literally the ones that that uh, Bronte was wearing. Anyone wearing cargo pants? Lessons, Come and claim your award. It's sitting with Nessus. <laughs> Claire and Jesse. Mm, my God. Jesse! I cannot believe. <laughs> I cannot yet, believe he made it onto the show. <laughs> really? So I, I, he like just, a, I, I, I genuinely t- seems like he shouldn't be there and he needs to go and do a lot of therapy and stop twitching and, like, just, you know, have a bit of a break. <laughs> But also, weirdly, should be on the show heaps more than Harrison. You know, like you can see that underneath the the exterior, there is like a a person, like deep down. There is a that, vulnerability that he's prepared to show. And and if he could get through all of his like icks, icks and walls and kind of defense mechanisms. Like he feels salvageable in a way that Harrison feels absolutely like should be in some sort of prison. This is true. I did forget about the confession letter. Um, that was very interesting to find out. Do we talk about him at the dinner party first when he just completely froze out Claire, who's tried multiple times oh now oh, yeah. to try and Horrible. simply speak to her husband? Yeah, yeah. Horrible. <laughs> it's they, a big ask. He's very childish in that sense. And totally. He, to me, I feel like so much of his behavior is super defensive, like getting, being the nice, the nasty guy before he gets nastied in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what that's all about. It's like he would have been walking in there and being like, I'm not going to say hello to her if she's not going to say hello to me. Yeah. And that, you know, we find out, you know, obviously he said he's not going to chase girls and all that. So that just ties them with all that, that, um, he's, he, he does say so much like, because he's so much smarter than Harrison, he, like or, or like more articulate anyway. He he just he says much worse stuff. Yeah. Like like mm. and when he does like that impression of her voice, it actually like it breaks your heart. Like because just to imagine her, who's actually just such a phenomenally lovely person, who's really probably maybe Max Dunover out of everyone potentially, uh, and just has to deal with this person who she's attracted to and even against her will is still somehow nice to. Uh, mm. 
There was a quote from her when she left, I think the first time she tried to breach their marital apartment to have a single conversation. And he, she said, I want a man, but I don't need one. And I sure as shit don't need that kid up there. Yeah, that's oh. so great. And I thought that was awesome. And I kind of wish she sort of held on to that a bit because she keeps trying. And I know it's probably like producers in her ear and her just genuinely wanting to give it a good go. But, oh, my God, he's just plain rude to her. He you know, is. Like, he's incredibly rude. And the producers are definitely getting involved because their apartment was decorated in a way that no other apartment was decorated purely to annoy him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and that pissed him off because he's like, this is more for Claire's taste than mine. Yeah. And I bet she's going to go around and say, oh, look at this. Oh, just such an unpleasant person. He, like, is, a, he <laughs> is an extremely unpleasant person, but I'm curious to see if there's going to be any sort of redemption out because I do think that his story about being hidden for two years, that's mm, horrible. That, that's quite full on. That's yeah. really full on. And I, I think, um, you know, he did have some level of regulation during – there when they were just both sat in the apartment after the the, the phone scandal of the night before. Mm. He didn't actually go to town in that conversation so much and in the end said sorry and walked out realised he was just like, I'm not going to get anywhere with this. Um, mm. I think like other iterations of Jesse we would have seen would have been a much more childish and would have just like shut down a lot more. So I do think there's an element of him maybe – he has the capacity to maybe try, is it, but it's still not, a lot to get through. It's just not going to happen on this show, right? Like there, there is a world where a Jesse type, given years of therapy and infinite patience uh, on on the part of his partner, can kind of get better. But the the compressed timelines of the show and all of the extra pressures of it, and just how massively mega fucked he is, like. And I just felt so bad for her when she brought that beer over and she was like, I've done it again, you know, like, yeah. uh, and, mm, and, yeah. and just how, how just destroyed she was yeah. that her kindness was now being kind of taken for weakness by him once again. Oh, yeah, because who was she with? Was she with, was it Lindell? She was with Lindell. And Lindell was, like, was like, do you want to have a minute to talk together? And he was like, mm, nah, it was just horrible. <sighs> hey, Awful. very quickly, because we, we have to finish, but. What is Lyndall's confession next week? Because I am absolutely on my ass about it. You know, they little not they nodded at it from the, uh, you know, during the the expert, um, you know, stay or go couch. Oh, I missed that. I missed it too. Oh my god, she basically says, "Look, I'm so sorry, but I've got to confess something." And they, this could be just like a, a very artful edit, but they just the whole room was just like exploding, and I'm like, Lyndall. Lovely, lovely Um, I have a confession to make too. While uh, I was watching the confession letters. You wrote one. Joe was writing me a confession letter. Oh my God. Which he has allowed me very bravely to read out on this podcast, (gasps) if you will entertain. Yes. Okay, is it a joke confession or is it a real confession or is that for to, I'm just going to read judge? the confession and you can be the judge okay oh my god <clears throat> I've got three pages here so we'll keep it I'll go quickly Alex what I'm about to tell you comes from a need I have to be honest I trust that you will be understanding of the fact that we all make mistakes I've made many mistakes in my life and I truly believe that they have gifted me opportunities to grow as a person get them on the show I made a mistake tonight. (laughs) One I feel I must confess to you because I don't believe a loving marriage can be built on a bed of potentially harmful secrets. Tonight, when the Uber Eats arrived, (laughs) 
I purposefully asked you if you wanted your food plated up because I knew that you would want that. And I also had a devious scheme I had planned that required the food being plated up. I poured my chips on the plate that I wanted to be mine. <laughs> then, with your chips, I poured a bit more on my plate, so I had extra. <laughs> I put the rest on your plate. <laughs> then I noticed that it was very obvious that I had taken extra <laughs> chips. So I quickly ate some of the bad-looking ones from my plate to make it look more even. Then I put the burger in a strategic position to make it all seem normal. I'm very sorry. I hope you can believe when I say I have reflected on what I did and will do everything I can to educate myself and be better. I hope this can help us grow. Joe. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay, I have that... chills. I have chills and I'm, I'm in tears, obviously. So how did that make you feel when you heard that, Alex? I just thought it was so it was so, it was so brave of him to open it up like that. Mm. Open up about something that um I know he's been doing for years. Because... <laughs> He did frame it like a one-time thing. That was that was one my one critique of this confession is it didn't seem like a pattern of behaviour. You know, I feel like he's more of like Harrison with the chips. You know, he's having relationships <laughs> with multiple chippies. I think I knew where this was going the moment he said about the, you know, the Uber Eats thing. The um, Uber Eats. I, I actually think this is more common than people realise. Because is this something you can either of you can relate to? I think that when you uh, offer to serve someone up. You have a plan. Plate is bounty. <laughs> because otherwise, if you don't if you don't give a shit about proportions or what you want, you just say, because you don't actually want to plate up for someone else, because it's just extra unpaid labor, right? So you just say, mm. I'll let you, I'll let you plate your own so that you can get what you want. Like you, you you do it like you're doing them a favor by letting them plate up. So if you're offering, it's not out of the goodness of your heart. It's not because no one wants to plate up someone else's food. It's because no. you've got a plan. There's vested interest. So and you know those thing. bag chips, the bag chips are the premium chips as mm. as always. Um but yeah, I just thought that was really um really powerful. Um really and powerful. thank you, thank you to Maths for, you know, letting us open up about that in our relationship at home. And and um how did it go with the ranking like you and your friends? Uh, <laughs> We're doing it next challenge. week. Okay. <laughs> I'm just sure. waiting for them to pick up with the warehouse stationery. <laughs> I'm sure it's all gonna be fine. I reckon your top five. Quickly before you go, we have to say what do we think happened with Adam and Claire? Did they? Ooh. Because I'm actually, like, I'm at the stage with Claire where I'm like, I'm quite happy for her to go off with another husband if the other husband was also being treated badly. Yeah, I'm quite happy for that kind of like. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah, totally. Like, it's time for a rematch. For a rematch. But um, Adam's not, I don't love Adam for Claire. <laughs> I, I, th- I think Adam was doing early groundwork for some malarkey. Right. Yeah. But and I he don't think advantage. any Malaki got there. I think it was him on the phone. Mm. I yep. do think it happened. I think the edits kind of happened in this weird way where like Claire hasn't actually answered to it. I yet. know. Like she, she hasn't re- hasn't actually been put to her because Jesse just has a freaking meltdown anytime they're in the same room. So I think there's more to come. I definitely think there's something there. I think we'll find out on the couch. Presumably the experts will put that question to her and she'll be forced to answer it. But who knows? Who knows? Maybe Lyndall saw all. Oh, maybe. Mm. No. Oh, yes, I do remember. And here's my theory on Lyndall is that Jessie hit her up in her DMs or something and that was going to be her big confession. Like she's going to go. Because he'll be complaining about. I reckon that he will be complaining about Claire hanging out with Adam and then Lyndall really reluctantly is like, I just need to actually say something. Jessie, you messaged me. I reckon that's what's going to happen. Oh, can I, I don't wait? know that's what's going to happen, but that's my wait. theory. What a show. 
Great show. Well, See you at time. the commitment ceremony Sunday night, and we will be back with this podcast whenever it comes out next week for week three. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Duncan. Thanks, Thanks Samuel. Samuel, for going back to back. My God. What a man. What a man. What a mighty fine man. Kia ora e te iwi. Te Butler here, podcast manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spinoff member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spinoff Podcast Network.